This week, PlayStation stars are definitely not NFTs. Celsius is almost certainly a Ponzi scheme. And Microsoft might just buy Netflix. Mm -mm. It's Sunday, July 17th, 2022, and this is episode 200 and, uh, what? 626 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, uh, or through one of our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where of course you can join the community and get ad-free versions of F5 Live and Pilchpoint, or on our website, plughitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. Uh, there you can chat with us during the show and give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're unable to do that, that is okay. You can always go to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. And there you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilchpoint, Plug Hits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Well, Avram, we're back. We took a couple of weeks off, but it's good to be it's good to be back. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be back. Uh, so glad to uh, so glad to be back on the show with you. I hope you had a great time off. Uh, I'm likely to have a time off next week, uh, so I'm expecting to have a time off next week. I should say. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, it's it's good to get away because I had a really long time on uh, this yeah. past week. It was Prime Day, and I had to do a lot of stay up late and do a lot of work. Uh, around that uh, but you know it's uh it's always cool to be uh to be doing new stuff one of the things that i did in prime days i bought a lot of 3d filament uh and i, I was gonna ask you <laughs> and i bought a dryer box which is this thing back here i don't okay. know if you can see this white box and what that is if you're 3d printing filament has been sitting around a while, it might not print as well because it absorbed moisture. So you put it in the 3D printing dry box, which is a heater, and you heat it for like six hours before you use it, and supposedly it cleans up the, um, it gets the moisture out. Uh, and I had one roll that I was using that I was about ready to throw out because there was only like a little, some of it left, and it kept cracking in the printer. But then I tried, I, bought this dryer thing and I tried it and now I'm just trying to use up this printer roll. Uh, so I printed a few things today that are kind of wild to, uh, so this one is, uh, I'm going to give to my coworker, Sheree, who, you know, she's yes. a big fan of the Witcher. Nice. So this is a, like, I don't, wow. I don't exactly know what this stands for in the Witcher. Cause I'm not, I don't watch the show or, or right. play the game, but, um, this is like the, some symbol in the Witcher. Great. Um, for those of you who are watching live, please tell us in the chat room if you know what that symbol is for. Uh, 
So, and I'll ask folks if they, now I know what this symbol is for, but I want to know if anybody else does. This uh, is not for Sheree. This is for my daughter, who's three. Uh, and does anybody recognize this symbol? It is a paw print from Blue's Clues. Uh -huh. um, so, uh, also from Blue's Clues, the mailbox where they get their mail. <laughs> Wonderful. But the, the coolest thing that I printed, she apparently there are a bunch of things you can print called flexi models where they print like segments and the segments are like printed together so it moves. So I printed her this dinosaur and that is cool. it moves. That's really cool. I those types of things are the things that I like the most. Now, what's interesting is you don't this one does not snap together. It printed like this. Yeah. So you didn't have to like pop it together. It came off the printer together like this. So we had cool. somebody on a Plug Hits Live Presents episode. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Pinellas Comic Con, maybe from a. a number of years ago, mm -hmm. I think it was uh, Mo Epley or one of her people uh, brought us a 3D printed wrench that was printed as one piece and was fully functional. So, yeah, I love oh. I love those things that oh, print that's... as one piece and are, are movable. Those are cool. Yeah. Yeah. There, I haven't experienced much of, much of that, you know, things like that, that. And things that snap together don't if they they don't print perfectly, don't always snap together because yeah. the little nodule or whatever doesn't quite uh, connect. So yeah, I, I was thinking, oh man, this may not work. And then after this worked, I found a whole bunch of other things on Thingiverse, which is where you download the stuff uh -huh. uh, that were flexi uh, prints. So uh, my daughter wanted a flexi cat, so I'm printing her a flexi cat, and then maybe a flexi uniform unicorn, and uh, and uh, then when I've used up this kind of goldish filament, which I really don't like that much, uh, I can switch to something else and we can print uh, print a, the Flexi Godzilla, which, uh, which is flat like this, but then it has snap-on arms and legs that okay. go on the side. So, Got it. Uh, so, so we'll see. You can see this is all very practical. Absolutely, uh, 100%. Ex extremely practical, great use cases for all of this stuff. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, you know, some, some of it, some of it is, I mean, some, depending on the type of, uh, filament you get, the type of things you do, but, um, certainly not as clean as injection molded stuff. Sure. By any stretch, but sure. You know, so, fun. so, so is the dryer your favorite thing that you got for, uh, for prime day? Okay. So I got the dryer and I got like four different colors of filament. This is actually not one of the, this one I had before. Uh -huh. um, I got one that is a very silver color that I haven't opened up yet that supposedly in the pictures look like it's at, look like metal, even though okay. it's not metal. I got one that was a bright green silk color, which is, you can see behind me. Uh, I, oh, yeah. Uh, because my son wanted that. I got one that is like a, a reddish orange and uh, oh, maybe that's all I got. Oh, and then I ordered a bunch. And then I really wanted keycaps, new sets of keycaps for my no keyboard. No kidding. You? No. But 
But here's the interesting thing. The deal was it, I was better off not buying them on Amazon. So, like, I saw some keycaps I kind of liked, and they were on sale on Amazon. But then I looked on AliExpress, and they were, like, $10 cheaper if I, okay. if I had them ordered from China, shipped from China, and wait a couple of weeks for them to come. So Amazon inspired me to spend my money elsewhere. But um, so I can't say if those are my favorite yet because I haven't received them. But um, so, yeah, for me, it was mostly what I was most interested in with filaments and keycaps. And yeah. maybe, you know, I would have considered getting like a USB cable if I needed one or something like that. Uh, obviously, there were some great deals out there for folks who were shopping for major components. There were great deals on CPUs and great mm -hmm. deals on SSDs and even a really strong deal on an RTX 3080 card. So, I saw that. Um, so yes, so there's all of that stuff. But the um, I I personally didn't uh, didn't need any of that stuff. So I didn't buy any. But uh, for folks who did, it was a good deal. Yeah. I ended up making an impromptu purchase. <laughs> I have a Roomba i7 coming tomorrow. Which is like the big boy. The one that's usually $1,000. That was less than 50%. So I've been looking at, at one of the Roombas or some of its competitors. And I was like, you know what? 50% off? You sold me. I got one of the smaller ones for my parents for their anniversary, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And they're just absolutely loving it. So I was like, all right, time to do it. And I think the, the i7 is one of the ones that uh, has an API that you can program to. So that's going to be a ton of fun. <laughs> that's, <laughs> Great. That's, that's my, uh, my big exciting purchase. I'm looking forward to, uh, to that arriving hopefully tomorrow. Uh, so... Let us know uh, if you picked up anything interesting during Prime Day. Let us know uh, what it was because, you know, we're always curious what things actually actually connect for people. So, so definitely let us know if you're watching live. Put it in the chat. If, uh, if you're not, um, you can always get us on, on social or on YouTube or whatever. Just let us know. Um, I'll tell you, Alante purchased a Nerf gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds I, like fun. I came back from the trip, and uh, on his desk was... I'm on the phone with somebody, and I, I noticed on his desk is a package of Nerf darts. Not Nerf branded, but you know what I mean. And and I went... I On the phone, I said, I'm sorry, I have to pause because there are Nerf darts on Alante's desk, and I'm going to need to investigate. And so I went looking around, and I found... I mean, it's a big... I can't wait to see this thing in action. We've just been busy uh, since I got back, but I can't wait to see this thing in action. And I'll tell you, the reason we've been busy is, if you're watching, is hanging here back on the wall. Um, I put it there for easy access. This weekend was MetroCon 2022. Um, and, of course, there with the 3000 Brigade, uh, Aaron and uh, Kayla were both guests this year, which was wonderful. We did a bunch of panels together and... An exhausting but fun fun weekend, as it always is, thanks to, to Alex and his team for once again inviting us uh, to come out and and put some content on. Uh, it's, it's, it's always a fun event. We, I mean, exhausting, but a fun event. So 
Uh, thank you, Alex, and, uh, and the rest of the, the team for having us out. But I think, with that, we should probably get down to some news. What do you think? This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, an Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts and any other promos that are going on, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. And our regulars may notice that that promo changed a little bit, and that's because getting an Xbox is not uh, the terrible experience that it used to be. You can actually find them, so you don't have to desperately seek one. You can sometimes just go and find one. Anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about Windows. And we're going to talk about Windows a lot, because uh, Avram's going to talk about it a little bit in the Pilch Point as well. Um, but let's start by talking about the development cycle. Now, when Windows 10 was first announced, uh, Microsoft made an interesting comment that Windows 10 would be the last version of, micro of Windows. And what, basically what they meant was that they were going to go to a more service-style architecture that, you know, we all know with Windows 10, Windows 10, and then uh, uh, biannual bi uh, releases of feature updates, often marked as 21H1, 21H2 um, as, as the two big feature updates. They were naming them for a while and they stopped doing that because that's too many names. Uh, um, <laughs> and the creators update, all the things that was intended for creators ended up getting rolled back later anyway. So they stopped naming them and they just went to the, the 21H1, 21H2 names uh, mostly. But things changed. We all know that Windows 11 is out. It's running our our control room computer here. Uh, and so Windows 10, not quite the last version of Windows. Um, and when when this happened, there was talk that there would Sorry, be... could you say that again? I apologize. Something's happening. Uh, don't you hate it when things just start talking? Uh, that they would go to an annual... Uh, major release cycle and a, and a mid-cycle uh, feature. I don't think anybody actually believed that that's what was going to happen. Um, now what we're hearing is that it looks like they're going to go back to mostly go back to what was <coughs> oh, excuse me uh, what was the old release cycle of a new major version about every three years and then way quicker uh, feature releases that are less mm, significantly impactful um, because I know Tom's Hardware has written about it, your sister site Tom's Guide has written about it, or maybe Laptop Mag. They're, the, you know, 21H1, 21H2, those things caused problems for people installing them because they were doing a lot of stuff under the, under the hood. Um, and so... People would install them, and all of a sudden, big things wouldn't work. IT departments and big companies 
were almost entirely skipping them or in my case for my day job my computer is a full year behind on feature releases because they've got to go through all these tests to make sure it's not going to ruin the computer so so those feature releases are going to be smaller possibly as many as four a year but less under the hood impactful that stuff will happen in major releases so that's an interesting move it's definitely not the windows 10 is the last version and it's not the the crazy idea of annual major releases which is obviously a stupid move as well um because that just asks for trouble um the three-year cycle worked in the past it seems seems like they want to give that one a shot again what do you think abram so does that mean windows 12 will be coming out or whatever they choose to call it will be coming out in about two and a half years yes that would be that would be the uh the current uh kind of reasonable belief is that right. is Windows uh, 12 would come out in 2024. I mean, you know, it's about how often uh, trying to think, eh, you know, it's like major blockbuster releases and then you wait for the sequel. It's usually like three years. Yeah, at least. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now you it's hard to say because with Marvel, it's with Marvel movies, you've got other Marvel movies, but if right. you want to go to that Marvel movie, it's going to be at least three years. So yeah, you, you, you finish know, like, this one and, and by Tuesday, the next thing is out, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, you, you know, you go see, uh, I was gonna say you go see Avengers and game Avengers. You know, that, that would, if you're waiting for, you know, Doctor Strange 3 or something. Right. You can inst- plan on installing uh, or or maybe Spider-Man uh, or maybe the next Spider-Man. Something, <laughs> Just, something home. Uh, yes, you can You can be sure that at that time you'll be able to install Windows 12. <laughs> that That um, is what it looks like. Uh, so... Anyway, uh, I mean, I I am skeptical though about this I business about some not a lot changing under the hood and therefore um, IT departments will will let it through or something because oh, I don't I don't necessarily know that that's the reality of it and I don't even know that that's necessarily their reasoning on it. Right. Um, it's just it's one of the things that's in the air. I don't know that that has anything to do with it. I think they just want to get feature releases out more for more recent, more frequently. Yeah. I mean, to be honest though, I have not been impressed with like any features that have been added to windows 11 or any features. I mean, what's been added to windows 11 since it came out that, I mean, there's all these little things like, Oh yeah, we changed the look of this settings menu or something, you know, now possibly, you can was possibly it you... possibly tabbed file explorer though i don't know if that's a public feature yet um i i mean there, there it was in various insider builds that right. might have actually had some some usefulness that the android emulator is not public yet 
and that's been i think it got moved to like the beta channel or something but it's in windows insider but it's still not a public release no uh, I thought like it was. a release is it I thought I thought, I thought it was like a release candidate or something now, but not a final final. That's possible, but I think anybody can install it from the store. Oh, oh well. Anyway, there, there's but been. Yeah. I'm, tab, I'm not. A, I'm not impressed tab, with it anyway. The tabbed file explorer is not not on this computer, which is unstable. So, I I I by the way have, have the uh, dev channel on my laptop and i have not gotten the tab file explorer oh really i i've got it out yeah uh in mission control hmm interesting i noticed i mean that might be of that might be of some use i mean i i feel like some of their features might be just bringing back things that they took away which are which is a really lame philosophy like oh oh maybe they'll fix it so that you can put the task bar somewhere other than the bottom and they'll they'll treat it like an innovation when you could do that on prior versions of Windows, right? The so oh, I almost spit out my drink. Thank you. <laughs> right. I mean, I, now you can drag and drop to the taskbar, right? Which you couldn't before. Right. When it, when Windows Eleven first came out, I mean, like features that should have always been there, adding them back, or then yeah. making really minor changes to like the UI of the settings menu and things like that. I mean, yeah. I have yet to see the volume uh, screen. Little I, things like that. Lovely. I have yet to see Microsoft do something. It's been a long time, even going back to Windows 10, since I've seen Microsoft do something that was an actual significant improvement um, yeah. in, in Windows. I mean, they bring in all these sort of like really low end tools like you know paint 3d or something where like there's been free 3d software that's better than paint 3d for quite a while yeah so you know it's they're not i don't i mean i actually do call, like call the, back uh, to the creators update yes exactly that's why i was thinking of it i actually do kind of like the weather the little weather widget mm-hmm. that uh what that initiated in windows 10 and now you also get it in windows 11 yeah um i do like having the the weather on my taskbar although it's kind of a shameless promotion to get you to do bing stuff so you know to get you to like go to their personalized stuff and hit it which is all part of bing so i don't know i mean great uh i mean i'd, I'd like to see some actual innovation in windows i know that they're very conservative because when they did stuff like with windows 8 uh it was a disaster yeah taking away the thing that people liked about windows which is the windows but i feel like they could absolutely do more innovation rather than just changing they're just changing the uh, the paint and the wallpaper right to say like look we have new windows because now the start menu looks different and we want you to really know that the start menu is different. So you can't, you know, you can't change it back to the way it was. You can't do uh, anything about you it. Get a third party app. Right. You know, so that's great, but the design is not actually, Better. the usability is not leading the use. They're not doing anything to improve usability of the operating system. All they're doing is just changing things to change them. So, 
I mean, I'm I'm not impressed. I like to see Microsoft actually. I don't know what it is that they could do. Uh, maybe do more with handwriting recognition in the OS. That would be, be good. Nice. Um, maybe do more under the hood to improve performance. Uh, I mean, I don't know, but so far I haven't really seen a lot going on in Windows that seems like an innovation. Like you really, if you installed Windows 10 like four years ago and you look at Windows now, Windows 11 now, would you really see anything that was a notable improvement? Right. I mean, I, I like the, the widget pop-up uh, personally. I'm looking forward to uh, the developer access uh, to it. I think that's a great, um, like a great middle ground for the loss of live tiles. Um, but yeah, generally, I, I don't know what they, I don't know what suggestions to make because that's not my job, right? My, my job is not to, to figure out where they're failing and, and what they should be doing. I just know that they are. There's, like you said, it's kind of been, it's kind of been stale for a while. There's not been anything, any major move forward. I'd like to see something. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe, maybe this idea of pushing, pushing the major release, major build release cycle out so that they can, one team can be working on, on feature stuff while other people, somebody else is working on the, the big under the hood stuff. Okay. May, I mean, there's a possibility that we could see something of value come from that. Maybe, I don't know, fingers crossed at this point. That's all we can do is, is hope. And again, this is mostly based on internal rumors. This may not even be the case either because they have not officially announced this strategy. So, I Well, if they did, they would be bound by it, right? So True. let's say they decide that they can't um, come out with Windows 12 until 2025 instead of 2024. Right. Now they're not, they don't have a, a, there won't be reports in the press that, hey, they missed their deadline. Right, exactly. So, who knows? All of this is conjecture. It's probably, I mean, it, it seems likely. I don't know that they're going to hit quarterly feature releases. <laughs> but, um, it, it'll, definitely, it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, how they handle all this. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, we were just talking about uh, Windows and and the future of it, um, but now we're going to talk about the current state of Windows and uh, how to deal with some of its uh, more unique features. Yeah, so first of all, let's talk briefly about um, how you get Windows today. Uh, probably most people watching 
got Windows on the computer that they bought, and therefore they were if they're eligible for an upgrade from 10 to 11, uh, that's how they're going to get the next version of Windows. But if you build PCs as I do, then you might have to figure out how are you going to get Windows when you are when you are starting with a pile of parts like a motherboard, a CPU, and a graphics card uh, sitting in front of you on a desk, and Microsoft would like you to pay uh, $129 to buy Windows, which is a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, you could be building a $500 PC, as we discussed on a recent Pilch Point, and if you had to spend $129 of it just on the operating system, that would just completely blow through your budget. And it's extremely unfair because uh, co companies like Dell and HP, we don't know exactly how much they're they're spending for a Windows license to put on your laptop, but it is way less than that. I mean, it's, you know, way, way, way less than $129. So uh, what you can do is you got choices. Uh, for one, if you don't have um, Windows on, if you don't have an old copy of Windows that you can uh, that is installable somewhere you can first of all everyone can download windows from microsoft's website uh from from the download from the iso page iso page on microsoft's website anyone can download windows and using the media creation tool create a bootable usb drive that they can then uh, use to install it and you could install windows without using a product key and you can use it indefinitely the only penalties for not having a product key at this point are you, there's a you may have a little message in the corner of the screen saying inact you know unactivated windows which is which will be the watermark will stay on top of stuff so it's annoying uh and uh you won't be allowed to change your wallpaper although there's tricks to get around that um but you could also uh, buy a Windows product key, an OEM product key, uh, on the resale market uh, at a site such as Kingwin for between you know eighteen and, and thirty dollars for uh, for Windows Home and maybe thirty five dollars for a Pro. Uh, so that's how you can get uh, Windows for for cheap now. One thing I want to talk about also with Windows is getting around some of the hassles that exist in Windows 11, installing Windows 11. So I'm going to share my screen for a second because I've got a Windows installer on here. And um, what I'm showing here is this is a Windows 11 install process. And you can see that uh, I'm on the, the, the first screen you get after you boot off of your, your install desk. And there's a few different things that could stop you right here from installing Windows 11. One, if your computer does not have a TPM 2.0 uh, security. Two, if it does not have a secure boot. And three, if it does not have, uh, I think it's at least four gigabytes of RAM. Also, you need a dual CPU, dual core CPU, but that should be almost everybody these days, um, 
and you should probably have, I think you're supposed to have at least, was it 64 gigs of RAM? Uh, not 64 gigs of RAM, I'm sorry, 64 gigs of free storage. Uh, so you can bypass a lot of these things by going to hitting Control F10 when you're at this install screen and going straight to edit the Windows registry, which you do by typing in regedit at the command prompt. Once you've opened the registry editor, you would go to HKEY local machine system setup uh, as your registry key. Then you would right click in here and select new and create a new registry key under setup. And you call it lab config with a capital L and a capital C. Inside this lab config key, this is where you can put uh, registry values that will tell it to bypass certain checks. So you go and you create a new new DWORD 32-bit value and you name it uh, bypass uh, TPM check and assign that to one. You create a new a new key bypass call it bypass secure boot check in that to one. Um, and you can also do one for the RAM, although probably should have at least enough RAM, but you can say bypass RAM check and make that one. And those will allow you to continue. So you just close the registry editor, close the command prompt, and now we're back installing. Now, there's something else I want to talk about, which is uh, Windows 11. And actually, I think Windows 10. See, I, when you're asked for product key, you can actually skip that, like as I said before, and say, I don't have a product key. And then you can just keep going with your install. Uh, and then later, if you want to put in a product key, because, uh, and actually, it usually doesn't bother you right away about not having a product key. It's only after a while it may bother you. Um, it may give you that unauthorized uh, message or whatever, watermark. Or, um, but, Anyway, after Windows is installed, as in the middle of the install process, it's going to ask you for your Microsoft account. And that is annoying because what if you don't want to have a Microsoft account on the computer? What if you just want to have a local account? There's a few reasons why that you might not want your Microsoft account to be on the computer. One is, what if I am building this computer? What if I'm you know, selling this computer to someone? Or what if I'm building this computer to give away to to charity, which is some, an experience I actually had two weeks ago. I was doing a charity build. I did not want to put in uh, Avram's Microsoft account, then whoever it gets given away to has my information. No way. Um, nor am I going to make up a dummy Microsoft account for some theoretical person. I don't know who's getting it. So... Uh, so much better to have a local account. So um, you'll see that after this gets through this quick part here, it's going to, this quick part of the installation here, it's going to reboot. And what you want to do is you want to, uh, when you get to the screen where it asks you for a Microsoft account, you will cut off internet to that machine, not before then, at that point, you will cut off internet to the machine, and then you will. There is a back arrow. You will hit the back arrow, and uh, 
once you do that, it'll allow you to create a local account instead because you don't have internet. Um, now, the easiest way to cut off internet access is if you go to the command prompt by hitting Shift F10 again and do type in ipconfig slash release. But uh, if you had a computer that had, you know, a Wi-Fi dongle, you could just yank it out at that point if you wanted to uh, or whatever. But um, one thing that is a little uh, bit interesting is the newest versions of Windows are going to, the newest builds of Windows may get wise to that trick. So there are other ways around it. Uh, so let's see, I'm, I'm rebooting my, you might ask how I'm managing to do this while I'm still on the call with you. And that's because I'm using a virtual machine, which allows me to kind of simulate installing Windows in a window on my regular computer. Um, so one thing uh, that you can do is you can, um, you can use a program called Rufus to create your boot disk. And Rufus now has the option to um, fix it so that you can still use the um, unplug internet trick. Another thing that apparently still works is if you, as your Microsoft account uh, username or email address, you use the address no at thankyou.com and then enter any password and it will uh, confuse the computer and give you local login uh, option. So uh, that's, that's how you would get to a local login in Windows 11. Uh, so, you know, there's, uh, what do you think, Scott, would you use a, a local, a local login on your computers? I have under many circumstances created a local login for a PC. Um, several of the examples that you have given, uh, have been, uh, scenarios for me, including, uh, building the PC for somebody else, um, things like that. So yeah, I, it's it's definitely something that I have I have done uh, in the past when it was easier, um, but obviously more recently it has become more of a challenge, which is why you're telling us how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean one of the things that's really frustrating too is that Microsoft uh, is now t taking that ability away from Windows 10 Pro. I don't know if you knew that, but it, you, oh. but up until this moment, yeah, so. Up until this moment, uh, well, I should say, uh, even now, the current release version of Windows 11 Pro will let you create a local account as part of the install process without using any tricks. As soon as, uh, what's, what's the uh, latest one's coming out, 22H2? As soon as 22H2 comes out, um, that ability is going to be taken away from pro so that's that's where you end up with you end up with the problems uh so it's uh it's really lame i also installed windows 10 in a vm the other day and windows 10 did not uh windows 10 home also i had to use the same trick it wouldn't it also didn't want me to install a local account so yep i won't make everybody sit here and watch Wait, wait, maybe, maybe we'll see. Maybe we won't see. So, right. So what you would do if you're 
watching is once you've gotten to the part after you put in your keyboard, I believe this is going to be where they're going to ask you, well, it's going to check for updates and then it's going to ask for your Microsoft login. And dun, dun, dun. And that's, that's the point at which you've got to cut off internet or use no at thank you. Uh, so I won't let, and, and you don't want to cut off the internet before that because I think you want it to get whatever the, the updates are before this, before, gotta make sure you have the latest, as it says. Unless, of course, you're using an older version of the installer on purpose that will event that still lets you create a local account on Pro. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, I won't make everybody watch as this thing does it, but uh, but the uh, the point is, you there are ways to get around it, and I have an article about how to get around the local account and how to get around the TPM restrictions on TomTardware.com, and we have an article very important on how to get Windows uh, 11 for free or cheap. Well, fantastic on that one because, uh, <laughs> you know, like you said, you know, building a PC, if you're building a $500 PC and that's, you're doing that because that's your budget, having to throw 130 bucks at it is a killer. That, I mean, that eliminates a third of your, <laughs> a third of your resources. Right. It's a lot. And it's really, I just don't think it's called for in this day and age because uh, my, um, well, nobody builds a Mac. So I guess you can't um, compare exactly, but they don't, Apple doesn't charge for Mac OS. Nobody charges for Linux. Uh, so it's kind of, uh, it's really unfair and it's punitive to people who are building PCs because Microsoft is perfectly happy to sell that same Windows license to you know to OEMs for the same purpose for a lot less money, so it's kind of predatory pricing because they know that you know you don't have the negotiating power that Dell does. So why don't you pay me one hundred twenty nine dollars? So it's you know it's a shame because they're they're punishing people for building a PC when they should be happy that people are trying to be part of the ecosystem. And, you know, that's an interesting point because people want to be part of it. And Microsoft is basically saying, nah, it's okay. Uh, go install Linux. We're... Yeah. My, I mean, the Microsoft problem is that gaming Linux, on Linux, right? Yeah. The problem is that gaming on Linux is, is uh, not, not there yet. Right. Uh, compared to Windows. Unless, so, of course, so you're ironically the using the uh, Xbox Game Pass and you're streaming yeah. the games. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tempting. I mean, also, let's not forget that Microsoft is making good money off of you. You are the product, mm -hmm. right? They're showing you all kinds of promotions and ads uh, and trying to get you to install all kinds and preloading all kinds of bloatware. So, yeah. you know, they really should just say, I mean, but and I think that's why they're not being so stringent in enforcement of the product keys either. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I'll tell you, when I when I had to reinstall Windows uh, here in Mission Control, for people who have been watching for a while, you may remember the night that we went, we canceled the show like an hour before the show, it was because the motherboard died. Um, 
we uh we had to reinstall windows and when it when it reinstalled it reinstalled all kinds of weird garbage like disney plus i don't need disney plus on this computer and they didn't ask me about that <laughs> they're making money on it yeah microsoft's making money on that so you know they they shouldn't be charging you they're making money off of it let's let's be real and they should want you as part of their ecosystem, considering right. all the other things that Microsoft tries to sell you. So it's it's really lame. And and now especially that you have to have an account with them too. Yeah. By the way, by the way, just because here's the just because we've reached the moment of truth, here's the sign in screen that you will see when you're installing. And if you hit shift F ten shift F ten and you do IP config slash release, it'll cut the internet off of that machine. And then when you hit the back button, ta-da, who's gonna use this device means it's a local account, right? Oh yeah. And then you can just, and then you can just, uh, you don't even need to have a password. I mean, that's not recommended. You should have a password, but no password will boot straight to the desktop. Anyway, just for our, our demo purposes. But anyway, uh, so yeah, that's that's how you do it. Very nice. Well, I appreciate that because so I've I've done this in the past, and I suspected it was the be the only way to do it. And I've normally done it with disconnecting an Ethernet cable, uh, <laughs> when I've wanted a local account, not a Microsoft account. But it's nice to see that it still does exist, though it does concern me that it's going to be going away in Pro. Um, so. Uh, Download those ISOs now, and remember, don't allow the update to happen until after you get your local account in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, as always, Avram, thank you for that, and uh, I'll, I look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is probably powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. With headphones, including ENC Tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0, 7.1 surround sound, plus extra features like dual mics and low latency, uh, everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. They've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC, plus, most importantly, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa. This week, Sony announced a feature that most gamers would be okay with, um, if not uh uninterested in general because it's not particularly new or exciting they are calling it um playstation stars essentially it is um nintendo points or um microsoft points for microsoft rewards um basically you're going to get points and uh some other things for completing challenges doing normal tasks playing games things like that 
works exactly the same as you would expect on Nintendo and Xbox. But <laughs> Sony used two words that they probably shouldn't have used because of uh, their connotations. And those two words were digital collectibles. Now, most people, especially in gaming, when they hear digital collectibles, immediately snap into NFTs. It's not the only thing that NFTs are, but it's certainly one of the things that uh, we highly associate with NFTs, is the digital collectibles. Um, so people started to worry that these PlayStation stars might or might not themselves be um, NFTs, and if not them, then some of the rewards might be NFTs. Now, Sony was real quick <laughs> to step on this rumor um, because they know that the term NFT, when applied to gaming, for better or worse, is uh, like swearing at somebody's mother. It is so unpleasant in the gaming community. Um, it has changed the course of games when a studio has used the word NFT uh, in, uh, attached to their games. So, Sony stepped on the rumors real quick. They said, no, 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 no. These are, quote, definitely not NFTs. Uh, so, they are not unique. They are not um, blockchain-based. Both things, NFTs, are required uh, to have. So they're not unique. What they are essentially are badges like we've seen on everything from Foursquare. And, you know, we've seen badges across all kinds of mobile apps and, and gaming, um, except that the badges look like gaming characters instead of looking like a badge. That seems to be... All these things are, they just made the stupid mistake of using the word digital collectibles. Um, and, ooh, did the backlash start quick. Uh, obviously, we've talked in the past about, you know, the, the weirdnesses around the reactions to NFTs. There's some places where NFTs in gaming would make sense. It would essentially create a safe contract for transferring resources between people, things that already happen but don't happen safely. Every somebody has to has to take a huge risk that that they trust the other person. But either way, the idea of digital collectibles themselves is is always the thing that that sets gamers off when it comes to NFTs. And that's exactly what happened here. Uh it it was an interesting thing to watch. I don't know if you were following on Twitter while I was driving around uh, the country. Not, I was watching the response to it. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I wasn't really following this, but uh, I agree. I just want to say I agree with Bill Gates, who said that NFTs are based on the bigger fool theory. Uh, which, mm -hmm. uh, which, by the way, I'd never heard it before, but it seems self-explanatory. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Particularly, yeah, particularly these NFT digital collectibles, right? These things that are that only exist to exist, right? I think yes, that's the thing that we all so naturally associate with NFTs because we've seen the 
the smoking ape and whatever other stupid things there are. I don't know if that's what it's called, and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but we've all seen these digital collectible NFTs. There are places where we're using the blo uh, blockchain technology to guarantee transfer of ownership of things that already exist in a game. Skins, resources, items, weapons, shields, clothing. There are places where that would make sense because right now, if you and I, Avram, if we're playing World of Warcraft and we agree that I'm going to sell you gold, whether or not you're allowed to do it, Activision, don't get on me. That's not what we're talking about. I know it's against the terms of service, but let's say that you and I make that agreement offline, not offline, but off. Wow. The way it works is either you have to give me the money and hope I show up to give you the gold or in the game, I hand you the gold and I hope you send me the money. One of us has taken yeah. a huge risk. If it was an NFT, we could purchase, you know, we could transfer that ownership through a contract. Great. That's fine. It's not a digital collectible. It's not using resources. It's not all the stupid stuff that these apes and whatever this thing that, oh, that Chris Griffin is going to do on TV. I don't know. Isn't this why, isn't this why drug dealers bring lots of people with machine guns with them to the, to the drug deal? Yes. It's why people have to, <laughs> a year ago, okay. if you were selling like a PlayStation online, you'd meet at a police station. For safety reasons, because people were st were robbing people of the PlayStations wherever they went. Yeah, I don't know. I just keep thinking maybe it's because maybe it's because I'm I'm talking to Florida, but I just keep thinking about Miami Vice where they would all they would all show up show up with all the with all the like the guards around them to sure. make the exchange. Um, right? Yeah, it's it's the um, it's definitely it's definitely an issue, right? Is is and online like. There's no, what are you going to do, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're giving digital goods, it's not like um, it's not like having some type of a physical protection is going to help you there. Right, right. So, well, best so, case and that's scenario. That's why you've got to be careful where you buy anything online. True, true. Whether it be, you know, inside of a game or, you know, you're buying a hard drive from... XPTNLA3.com. I don't know. Those are just random letters. It probably doesn't exist. I hope not. You know, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> you could just be throwing your credit card number out into a, into a digital skimmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gotta be careful. Yeah. So it's, I, in general, the stars are uh, meh. New feature coming. Again, exactly the same as, as Microsoft Rewards or the Nintendo Points, except Microsoft Rewards can be on your phone and computer and stuff. But, you know, it's generally meh. Okay, it's a loyalty program. Great. I can buy stuff in the store with the, with the rewards points. Okay. So for everybody who panicked about it, meh, it's it's no different yeah. than than going to Chipotle and scanning the the QR code before you buy your burrito. It's not it's nothing particularly interesting, and certainly 
um, not the NF the pretty NFT wrapping that people were worried that it was. Now, is Sony working on NFT stuff? Who knows? But apparently this is not it. <laughs> so, I guess, hooray! <laughs> This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Speaking of protecting yourself online, whether you're using a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is their strongest protection ever. It protects you while you're online from things like uh, worms and rogues, dialers, trojans, uh, and all kinds of other malware. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. That worked out better than I was hoping. Um, another way that you're going to need to protect yourself online uh, is from blockchain technology. Sometimes it can help uh, protect your purchases, but sometimes it can be the thing you need protection from. In this case, a company called Celsius. Uh, let's talk about Celsius a little bit. Um, it is, was, I don't know how to conjugate this verb right now because we're in a bit of limbo. The company, let's say was, because that's probably the reality of it. Um, a place where you could um, deposit money, just like a bank, uh, digital money, Bitcoin, for example. Um, and then, like a bank, they would lend that money to others with interest. And then some of that interest comes back to you and some of it goes to the bank. In this case, Celsius. However, um, there's a big Ponzi scheme overarch to what's happening uh, or was happening over at Celsius as alleged in a lawsuit from a former employee who has detailed um, their beliefs as to why Celsius always was and still is a Ponzi scheme. It's very detailed, um, but I, I'll tell you, a Ponzi scheme is basically um, person A invests money into a thing. Person B invests money into a thing. Person A is given interest from person B. Person C invests and person B is paid back with interest from person C and it goes on. Eventually, you run out of money um, and the Ponzi scheme falls apart. Uh, Bernie Madoff was a great example of uh, a very big Ponzi scheme that included... I believe the likes of Ben Affleck and, you know, big name people. Uh, in this case, it's lots of small people. In fact, 1.7 million people have money in Celsius right now. Now, why does that matter? Oh, right. Because they filed bankruptcy <laughs> and have locked all of the accounts from withdrawals. So... If you were one of the 1.7 million people to put any of your digital assets into Celsius, you currently cannot get a hold of it. Now, how much money could those 1.7 million people have possibly put in 
to the account? Well, some four billion dollars worth is what we understand. And how much do they have in liquid assets right now? Yeah, $167 million. So that's not great. Um, so even if you could withdraw your money, you couldn't withdraw your money. Because they don't got it. They invested it in all kinds of other things and all of it, you know, when the market, somebody pulled the pin out of that, uh, out of that bucket, the sand just rushed out. If you've been paying attention to the price of Bitcoin, just what, since November, it's dropped from 67,000 to 20,000. Ethereum dropped from 4,800 to 1,200. Uh, it's been as low as, uh, just, just over a thousand, like the market dropped, Celsius got killed, they invested in other things that killed them, they filed bankruptcy, and there is, give or take, about $4 billion unaccounted for. Uh-oh. Not great. Well, <laughs> not, not, uh, so, is anyone going to be held accountable? So it's a, it's a fascinating question. Um, it's, I believe it's one of the reasons why they've filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Um, chapter 11 is for restructuring, both of the company and of debts. I think they're trying to get out of the requirement, the legal requirement of paying the, their users back. Which is scary. Why? Right. Because they've already paid the big people back. So all these companies that they had other investments in where they owed a ton of money, like other lenders, because they've been borrowing. Oh, it's unbelievable. They've been borrowing from other lenders. Here's your Ponzi scheme. They've been borrowing from other lenders to be able to make good on the interest on some of the accounts when they were being withdrawn. So they froze the accounts a month ago. Nobody's been able to withdraw for over a month. Oh, but they didn't stop people from depositing for a little while. So you were throwing money into a black hole. So that's Ponzi scheme-ish. But they're borrowing money from this company to be able to pay back and issue loans to other people. And the people, the companies that they borrowed from, they've already paid back just before they filed bankruptcy. Like, hours before they filed bankruptcy. So, I mean, this is a mess. I'm. If people don't go to prison here, I'll be shocked. Yeah, they'll go to prison, but somehow they'll also uh, walk away with money. Keep the $3.85 um, that's currently MIA, yeah. Yeah, somewhere. Uh, you know, I am sorry for everyone who's lost money on crypto. Uh, I thought that crypto was a fad since pretty much the beginning. Yeah. Uh, it's it's money based on nothing. I mean, so the ours. idea of doing... Yeah, yeah <laughs> I guess. It's based on a gold... St 
I mean, not ours. It's, ours isn't a... based on a gold standard. Ours is based on. Oh, the that's trust. right. It's off of the trust the, in the government, I guess. Yeah. Trust in the in the Fed. All right. Yes. Okay. But all right. Well, I'll tell you what's based on nothing. The government here. So in any country, whether it's U.S. or Europe or, or anywhere, the government prints prints money. Government mm-hmm. creates money supply. With, I'm sure I don't know what I'm talking about, but with cryptocurrency, you have people mining the crypto, mm-hmm. right? So they are expending all of this electricity, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge carbon footprint, to earn money for having their computer basically Do sit math. there and process transaction. Do math. So that's, you know. I think there was some estimate that not long ago that the amount of of carbon emission from crypto mining was equivalent to something like I don't know the whole Netherlands or something. It was like a significant amount, a huge, huge, huge carbon footprint and electric drain to the point, and that is the alleged reason why China banned it. It, I mean. They may have had other reasons, but that's why sure. China supposedly banned it was that it was a really bad use of electricity. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, so uh, should we be glad that, uh, first of all, we don't have that as, say, a drain on the environment, a drain on the on the oil market when people are trying to get uh, gas, a drain um, and a drain on the graphics card uh, and PC markets. Now, we also are seeing a, a decline in, um, you know, decline in sales of PCs and sales of chips. But uh, in a way, that's a good thing. Because uh, I mean, not for the companies, not for Nvidia or something, but it's a good thing for the rest of us. Because it's, uh, you know, we're finally able to get graphics cards, because they're not all being snapped up by crypto miners. So it's um and i mean the companies uh did this to themselves in a way because some you know some companies kind of i mean they, they did make an effort to put like mining limiters on cards but even so uh, i mean this was really the pc industry shooting itself in the in the kneecap because people who wanted to buy a graphics card two years ago or a year ago couldn't um because there were all of these miners buying the cards, whereas they should have done more to keep the cards out of the hands of miners and to keep uh, to keep the price gougers uh, away. That's uh, for sure. I mean, the, we might the PC industry might never recover from, uh, or at least the build your own PC industry might never recover from what happened the last couple of years in graphics card demand. So um, I'm glad crypto crashed. You know, it's uh, Good for the environment. Good for PC market. Good for gamers. Good for, good for almost everybody. Yeah, except the miners. But meh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like any other investment, I guess you should have gotten out while you while you could. Yeah, for sure. I, I've been saying basically since the beginning of it. Um, like. I remember being at CES and there was a Bitcoin thing there and one of our former hosts, John, got all excited about it um, and went over and talked and talked to him for a while. And when he was done, he came back and he explained it to me 
And I said, well, that's not going to last. Um, and he called, you know, our, our business partner from the other company. He's like, well, I got to tell you about this. And Mark was all excited. And I said, no, this isn't going to last. This is a fad. It's the, the, the value comes from the trust in the value, which is different than say our currency, which is tr faith in that the government will back up the printed value. It's very different, right? Um, this right. is just, this is the value comes from trusting that the value is there. Well, that's cyclical nonsense. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And that will exactly. that will spiral up and then spiral back down. That's the only way that kind of thing happened. And they're they're never small spirals, right? We saw it go from like forty to eighty in a matter of what was it, eight or nine weeks? Like it whoo, Bitcoin went up, but then once that, that thing went up, whoo, whoo, it came back down. So and I feel bad for the people who invested in crypto for their retirement or something yeah. like that. Like that's that was pretty short-sighted. Yeah. Well, I currently I feel bad for people who who invested in this uh, this Celsius thing um, because ooh, this does not look like it's going to end well. It looks like it's going to come crashing down real hard and we will definitely be keeping an eye on it because 1.7 million users is not a small number we will definitely be keeping an eye on this uh um what bankruptcy uh, filing and proceedings as they happen This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. Prime Day may be behind us, but there's still a lot available for you. You know you get free shipping, but that's not all. You get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming and a whole lot more. We've got quick links to these features and some of our other favorites, plus a 30-day free trial if you're not already a subscriber, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So we talked about Microsoft and Windows earlier. Now we're going to talk about Microsoft and Netflix. Um, let's start with the reality, and then we'll get to the fantasy. The re the reality is that a couple of weeks ago we talked about that uh, Netflix was looking for advertising partners for its new ad-supported uh, uh, streaming tier. Uh, at the time, Google and Comcast looked like they were going to be the big players in that space. But in the end, Microsoft won out. Uh, Microsoft uh, tweeting that they had uh, won the, the contract. They would be the global advertising partner for Netflix. Um, and I'll tell you, it makes sense to me, and here's why. Google has a video streaming service. Comcast has at least one, if you don't count Xfinity, video streaming service in Peacock. Um, so they have 
competition with Netflix. Microsoft, however, does not. Um, and Microsoft has a solid advertising business that's been running on Bing and other platforms for years. They, I think they're still the advertising partner for Yahoo. Um, so they've done advertising for us at different times in the past. So they're a solid platform, good return, uh, and they don't have any you know, horse in the race against Netflix. Um, so that makes sense. But don't care about any of that. I want to talk about conspiracy theories because those are way more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so Microsoft's been on a buying spree as of late. Activision is the, the project they're currently involved in, but we know, you know, they've purchased all kinds of high profile things, including LinkedIn over the last couple of years, right? Um, so the current weird, goofy conspiracy theory that has a little bit of merit is that this is step one in Microsoft's acquisition of Netflix. Uh, this is their way of maybe doing reconnaissance into some statistics on Netflix users. Um, how many people are actually using it? What are they watching? Things like that. Okay. A decent idea. Um, I don't know personally if Microsoft would be that interested in a streaming service. They, they tried, they had a great service, but failed with music. They tried, had a great service, but failed with, uh, video streaming Be, you know, beam slash mixer were really popular. We used to be on that platform when it existed. Um, uh, well, Zune Music, Xbox Music, Groove Music, it had three names over its lifetime, uh, was a really solid platform, um, had music that a lot of the other ones didn't have at all, um, but commercially it was never successful. Um, I don't know that they want to try a three-peat. Uh, but I don't know. here's the thing, they're buying something that's already, if they bought it, they would buy something that's already successful. True. Um at a time when it's actually in a, at a low point, but there's plenty of room for Netflix to to go. I mean, Netflix hasn't lost that many subscribers. Yeah. Netflix hasn't, you know, has isn't you know, it's just been getting a lot of negative press right. over the subscribers that it did lose yeah. and that it's not growing and that there's it was there's a, fatigue it was a big or whatever. It was a big deal that it was the first time in a decade that they had subscriber loss. That's where it came from. In the next quarter, when they again have subscriber loss, it's not going to be that big of a story because it'll have already happened. Uh, which, you know, that's really all it was. They've gotten a lot of press about it because it was unusual, but everybody has subscriber loss at some point. I, you, you peak, there's peaks and valleys, so it took them 10 years to get to their, their first peak. All right, that's fine. But it's a crowded space. There's a lot of stuff. Micro when it comes to video, Microsoft's got franchises. Maybe it does make right. sense. I'm, well, I mean, if they want to be in media, right? right. That's the question. Uh, I mean, Microsoft has, has been in, in and out of it, I mean, you know, a long time ago. I mean, there's MSNBC, which I don't think they have any association with anymore, right? Nope. The MSN but, right. in that name no longer stands for Microsoft Network. Right. So, so right, there's no, 
they've they've tried their hand at doing some media type of things in the past but you know not not as much as uh but nothing that was successful but here you've got a business that is successful right so now i'm sure it'd be an expensive thing to buy but um, so was but if they were but if they were able to do it then it would probably be if they want to be in that business right right um if they want to be in that in that business then uh you know they could they could do a lot with it now you know they still are facing the same headwinds as as before what i don't understand is what um how netflix benefits from having microsoft do the ads for them i mean i guess it's i guess it's cheaper than having their own infrastructure yeah but then they're probably having to give microsoft a nice big cut of it yeah but you know at a, at a time when, when we first talked about this uh we we talked about that you know at a time when they're already cutting staff um because of because of change of direction all of all of the things that came up a couple of months ago um, that now would not be the time for them to create a whole new division in order to create a, a subscriber tier that was going to cost less. So I I get them looking for a partner and I get them choosing a partner that's not already in uh, in the space. From the from the the collection of names that were thrown out there, Microsoft is the one that makes the most sense because the only other one that I didn't mention was Roku, which is the worst of the ideas um, of people that already have video based uh, ad sales. Roku would have been the worst. There's also talk that Roku is interested in Netflix. Please don't let that happen. Um, Wait, how can Roku? Is Roku a bigger company than Netflix that they could afford to buy them? I don't know how they'd do it, but there's talk. I mean, I can see the two of them working. I could see more Netflix buying Roku than Roku buying Netflix. But um, is right. Netflix a much bigger company than Roku? But You'd think, you'd um, think so. But maybe Roku, like Apple or like a dragon, is hoarding cash. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they have something, but uh, <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, they bought they bought Quibi, but I imagine they did that with the money they found in their couch cushions. Right. Yeah, that's. Not, I mean, that's not worth anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see this as an okay move for um, an okay move for Microsoft. I'm. Not sure if it's if it would turn out to be a great move for consumers, as Microsoft has not been good with media, right? Um, but then they'd be bringing in that expertise. So sure. with this, so I mean, but I they, guess you could go. But they brought in that exp- they brought that expertise in when they bought Beam, and then they seemed to kick it off a cliff like three hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's probably. I mean, I don't know. I'm. I'm just. I'm real really bored with netflix right now but um yeah agreed 100 percent. but you know it's uh i've been watching a lot of other thing, other stuff before i watch netflix but uh me too there's really nothing on there that i want 
Well, I have to finish watching Stranger Things. Oh, I did watch Umbrella Academy. I did do that. I watched I Umbrella Academy season three. They got uh, two episodes left. Yeah, uh, it's, it was okay, I think. That's my two senses. It was okay. One, uh, one was season. great. One was great. Two was good. Three so far has been okay. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely degraded in quality quickly. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. Maybe the premise is wearing out. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's wearing thin on me anyway. Yeah. But the uh, family, family of weirdos saves the world. Great. What's season two? Family of weirdos saves the world. Oh, what's season three? A larger family of weirdos saves the world. Okay. Uh. <laughs> uh, I don't we're know. Getting, I'm just the we're getting a little MCUE here. It's, it's yeah, formulaic. I, I, yeah, it's, I don't know. It was. It's not even the formulaic. It's just, I don't know, something about it. I mean, one of the things that I did really love about the, the first couple of seasons, though, or at least the first season, was just some of the like quirkiness of like the bad guys that they had with the, you know, the donut shop and like all that stuff. And, uh, like that, that's all gone. And now I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not feeling it, but, um, but, but yeah, they need, I don't know. Something needs to happen to shake, uh, to shake things up at Netflix. Yeah, for sure. So they can, I guess to wrap up, the conspiracy theory is that this is phase one in Microsoft's inevitable takeover of Netflix. I don't know if that's what's going on. Maybe it's more of a beginning of a relationship. We know that they've got content out there. Microsoft's got their Halo series on Paramount+. Plus. Maybe they're trying to court... Maybe they're not happy with that relationship. Maybe they're trying to court a new partner for future stuff. Because, you know, especially now that they got... Activision coming in house and they've got Bethesda uh, you know they've got Gears and WoW and all of these these franchises that'll be under their their umbrella maybe they're just looking for a home and somebody who can produce content under it maybe they're not happy with a relationship with Paramount Plus for Halo and they're looking for something new who knows lots of possibilities yep. or or it could simply be an advertising deal who knows uh, <laughs> but yep. whatever it is um, it won't be a short timeline because there's no way if their goal is to make a purchase, there's no way they do it while the Activision deal is active and it's, it won't happen. It wouldn't happen right after either. They got to let the, the market cool down before they make another, what's that work out to 11 figure deal. They'd have to let the market cool again. Um, if they want regulators to take them seriously. So whatever is going on is a long game. It's not a short game. So we'll probably circle back to this at some point in the future, (laughs) but that future will not be uh, September, at least not of this year. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. If you didn't and would like to in the future, f5live.tv slash join us Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can chat with us, give us your feedback on the topics, answer our questions. We're asking questions during the show. Uh, You can tell us what the meaning of the 
of the little mask icon is that Avram has on his desk from The Witcher. Uh, and a myriad of other things. Uh, if you can't join us live, that's okay. Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilchpoint, Plug Hits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. Uh, and all the ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. We do not know what next week is going to look like. Because um, I believe next weekend we will be officially opening strike. We had to delay it from this weekend. So I think we're going to be officially opening strike. Avram's going to be on vacation. So the likelihood is that we will not be here next week. And then we will see you the weekend after. Um, but we will keep you posted. Keep checking out on our uh, social media for updates on what that will look like. And with that... On behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.